1: Love Talk Radio.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Nothing But the Truth. I am your host, Mr. Evan. I have Miss J on the phone, and I will have Miss 336 come on the phone shortly. But for everyone who wants to know what this show is about, like I say, we've been doing this about seven years, but for the ones that's new to this, all I'm gonna go ahead and lay it out for you. Let's go ahead and start here. So for today's show, we're going to talk about mass incarceration. More than 2 million people are incarcerated in the U.S. prisons as well as local and county jails. One in three black men in the United States will go to prison or jail if current trends continue. An average of 5 million people are under state or federal supervision in a form of probation or parole. Discrimination in school discipline contributes to disparities in incarceration rates. African Americans comprise of only twelve percent of the US population, but forty four percent is incarcerated. The UN Committee of Elimination on Racial Discrimination has expressed concern about the school to prison pipeline and call on the United States to intensify its efforts to address racial disparities. In that application of disciplinary measures, on tonight's show, we will discuss why our African-Americans are being targeted for mass incarceration. It's not just African-Americans too, it's also Hispanics too, and we're going to go into that as well. This is why it's important for everyone to understand what the corporate prison system is and what does it consist of, you know, it's just not something where say, like, oh, it's a safeguard, it's a revolving door in endless cycle of regression in our society, so if you haven't tuned in from last week we did a two-part series The first part of it was 13 we didn't finish all of 13 so for the second part we're going to go ahead and finish up that video conclude with that video that we got from Netflix which is called 13 you can watch it on Netflix as I say and then we're going to go into discussion and I have two clips for you and that's going to conclude our show now for our people that are listening I want you to know something. nothing but the truth is going to be here. It's not going to go anywhere. We're going to keep promoting the show. I need you, to, the people, the audience that are listening to the show, to spread the word. People who have liked the page on Facebook, we're working on getting that unofficial. Op- this is an official page. Again, I repeat, this is an official page. I want you to all tell your friends, add your friends, recommend the show to your friends. You can download this on your iPod on your iPhone or whatnot. You can do it on Android. You can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash MBN Score Truth, and you can actually listen to 155 shows that I've did since 2007. We've been talking about relationships. We've been talking about everyday things. We've been talking about the social injustices that we're dealing with. In our community, you know, this stuff that we see every day, it's not going anywhere unless we address it. We got to talk about it and we need to talk about it now. So I want to not delay any more. Now before I say anything, if for some of you all to say, hey, I can't stay on the computer all day, i do you one for you. This is what you need to do. You need to go to the following phone number that I'm going to give you, dial it in, put your cell phone up there, I, I will see if you're on there and we'll just put you on mute. So the number that you need to call in as a guest is 646-787-8150. It's going to give you the option if you want to holler at me, just let me know. I I will come on there actually as default to to see what's going on, but I'm not going to do it while the presentation goes on. So I'm letting you know that as well too. And we also got the chat room that's open up. So if you go to Nothing But The Truth, on Block Talk Radio, we can chat in there as well too. Uh, I don't want a lot of people to be wondering like, hey, what's going on? Why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? I want y'all to be aware that you do have these options available for you. So without any further delay, I'm gonna go ahead and start the show where we left off at. Alright? I'll talk to you right after that. Stand by. <laughs>
3: love to be that everybody wants to put on a textbook. So, uh, he was considered one of the most dangerous people in America by the head of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Don't tell me that Dr. King has no relevance to young boys in the street. They deal with little
1: bitty cops. You <laughs> was dealing with a top cop. We were brought here against our will. We were not brought here to be made citizens. We were not brought here to enjoy the uh, constitutional gifts that they speak so fearfully about Malcolm, awesome whole entourage is implicated with police. He they police in his entourage, and he had regular puppet entourage undercover. So afraid of black dissent. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover today asserted that the black Panthers represent the greatest internal threat to the nation. J. Edgar Hoover said, "These Panthers represent the greatest threat to American society never were that big.
2: I mean, no one in their right mind could ever believe that the Black Panthers were going to bring down the greatest military force in the history of the world. The whole movement was criminalized and destroyed systematically
1: by the government. I think people haven't
3: thought about what it means to lose with Brent Hampton, who somehow was able to pull together blacks and white and Puerto Rican and Native Americans to fight for justice. At 21. We're going to say, after this, drop the house locked up, drop
4: we'll the everybody locked up, that you can tell a revolutionary, but you can't tell a
1: revolution. He had to come. The head of the Black Panthers in Illinois was killed today by police in Chicago. Illinois Panther Chairman, Fred another Panther leader from Peoria, Illinois, was killed. Well,
4: Chairman, the
1: brains showed They I might be on
4: mute,
1: so. She can put one of the great views for the Black Liberation Army.
2: make that correction real quick sorry about that
5: People have doing the
3: time the first black person was kidnapped, and when you strip out a whole generation of leadership and run them out the country, killing folks, framing folks, you will be vulnerable to Bill Clinton or anybody else. They'll do you what they will. neighborhood watch leader saw Martin walking inside a gated subdivision near Orlando. He thought the 17 year old looked suspicious. He's got police band.
4: And he's a black male? He's, totally, get away. Are you following him? Yeah, okay, we don't need you to do that. Uh, so you think he's going to help? Yes. No. All right. What is
3: a deadly shooting in Stanford. Police have the gun at the shooter, okay. but they have not arrested him. George Zimmerman, armed with a gun, followed this quote-unquote suspicious kid after the dispatcher told him not to.
6: They ended up on the ground
3: in a fight, and George Zimmerman shot and killed Trayvon Martin. The police could not arrest Zimmerman because of this Florida law called. Stand Your Ground, which says you can kill someone if you feel threatened. Even though it was Zimmerman who had pursued Martin throughout the neighborhood with a gun. Mr. Zimmerman felt that he, in um, self-defense, required his weapon. Not only was he not arrested after the killing, but in court, Zimmerman actually pleaded self-defense and got off under the Stand Your Ground. Gun.
7: We the jury find George Zimmerman not guilty.
3: The stand-your-ground law that was passed in Florida played a huge role in the Trayvon Martin tragedy, and this really ignited the movement that we see today. Florida's
7: stand-your-ground law came into the spotlight. How did this law not only get in place in Florida, but around the country? And all
8: the fingers kept pointing back to Alex.
1: Like the name of a high school lacrosse player who just got baked and wrecked his dad's song. but but
9: incredibly it's actually even worse
3: alec is a political lobbying group <laughs> they write laws <laughs> and give them to republicans stand
1: your
7: ground was written by alec <laughs> alec is this private club and its members are politicians and corporations but the real question is, should politicians and corporations be in the same private club? Under the umbrella of ALEC, uh, get to propose laws to their political counterparts, most of whom are Republicans. So through ALEC, corporations have a huge say in our lawmaking. And at Alex task force meetings, corporate lobbyists secretly vote as equals with lawmakers on bills that those lawmakers then introduce to become laws in our state. And
1: it is every... Roughly one in four state legislatures are members to Right. proud. Uh, and challenge. Uh, uh, I think like uh, easy. Give uh, them model electricity uh, freedom, which, everyone uh, says, it is therefore enacted that the state of, insert state, repeals the renewable energy mandate? So, as long as you can remember and spell the name of the
8: state... You can't can introduce legislation. We've also seen Alec bills introduced where Lawmaker forgot to take Alec letterhead off the bill
4: without remembering
8: to take off the Alec letterhead and try to install uh, the real role of Alec now and Alec corporations from those bills. I'm just curious, does it have does the legislation have some connection to
3: Alec?
0: I'm not sure why we're pursuing this course of questioning. This bill is my bill, it's not Alec's bill. The reason I ask is because earlier you passed out a um a handout. It says Gotwalt at the top and it says Healthcare Compact. There's a logo right in the middle of that page. And I went to the Alec website
1: and there's exactly the same the same font, uh, the same size and the same logo. I mean literally it's
4: verbatim. I
1: like to squad the unique
4: partnership
3: between state legislators. And leaders from the corporate and business community.
8: Corporations have been influencing laws for decades now through Alex. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote.
3: As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. Nearly
8: every Alex bill benefits one of its corporate funders. The corporation Walmart was a long standing member of Alex at the time that it adopted the so called Stand Your Ground law
7: a law that created an atmosphere where gun sales boom.
8: Walmart is the biggest seller of long guns in the U.S., has been the largest retailer of bullets in the world.
7: So it's reasonable to think that Walmart benefited from
8: these stand-your-ground laws that Alex pushed that initially prevented the arrest of the killer of Trayvon Martin, uh, and was designed to prevent the arrest, prosecution, and conviction of the killer of Trayvon Martin, including through changing the jury instructions to require that a jury be told that uh, someone like George Zimmerman has a right to stand his ground, but not that someone like Trayvon Martin has a right to stand his ground against someone like George Zimmerman with a gun, assailing uh, him. After the outcry over standing your ground at the Trayvon Martin tragedy, Walmart stepped out of Alex, left Alex, abandoned Alex. Um, but the Walmart family continues to fund Alex. Other corporations followed suit and stepped away from ALEC, but many corporations are still members, including Coke Industries, State Farm Insurance, Pharma, which is the lobbying group for the pharmaceutical industry. ALEC has been supported by the tobacco industry, as well as AT&T and Verizon. And for nearly two decades, one of those corporations was Corrections Corporation of America.
10: Every day we serve our communities, from small towns to large cities in more than 60 locations across our country. As the nation's fifth largest correctional system, we build, own, and manage, secure,
7: correctional
3: facilities.
7: PCM was the first type of corporation in the U.S. It started as a small company in Tennessee in 1983.
3: These folks started making contracts with states, and they had to protect their investments, so the states were required to keep these prisons still, even if nobody was coming across. And in the late 80s and early 90s, this became a growth industry, unlike very few growth industries in America's history. Uh, it was absolutely uh, a model guaranteed to succeed.
8: And one of the ways we see that is through um, the role of CCA within Alex to advance a series of bills
7: all the legislation you could think of that we fight so hard against. Three strikes, you're out. Three
3: strikes, and you are
7: out. mandatory minimum sentencing
3: Serve at least eighty-five
1: percent of their sentence. We're the ones they were putting out there, like on a. Based
4: on money to
7: generate the profit that would go to the
3: shareholders. True, Alex. CCA became the leader in private prisons. It's a multi-billion dollar business today that gets rich off punishment. We
10: are America's leader in partnership corrections. We are CCA.
8: And so through Alex, CCA had a hand in shaping crime policy across the country, including not just prison privatization, but the rapid increase in criminalization. I
11: think, I think this, this accusation that, uh, you know, private prisons is false, somehow... Uh, Alec was in favor of imprisoning a bunch of people for uh, because of private prisons. I, I think that's just unfortunately, you know, one of these attack type
8: tactics they do on Alec. Alec pushed forward a number of policies to increase the number of people in prison and to increase the sentences of people who are. In prison. I'm, I'm trying to think of how to address it. It's hard to address something that's like basically, you know, almost like folklore at this
4: point.
11: They
8: are not doing anything to really clean up. That passed is the real consequences for real people of the extreme policies they put. not even talk about its past history. I mean, it's hard
11: for me to even understand uh, what they're what they're even talking about.
8: A lot of it. CCA directly benefited, directly profited from its investment in Alex the American Legislative Exchange Council, and the American people in many ways were harmed by these policies due to the mass incarceration of people, particularly people of color. Look. Right now,
11: our position is that we want less people in prison. I don't think that helps the private prison industry, quite frankly. I think myself and the lawmakers we're just always looking for better, innovative ways to run government. And I think that's one thing as conservatives, as a free market and limited government, we pride ourselves on. We're supposed to be the people, the party of innovation.
7: Another bill that Alex innovated was SB 1070. CCA was on the ALEC task force that pushed that law that gave police the right to stop anyone they thought looked like an immigrant. This law filled immigration detention facilities and it directly benefited an ALEC member, CCA.
8: CCA could potentially reap huge financial benefits from SB 1070 since 1070 was designed to lock up a lot more people in Arizona on federal immigration charges. Cha ching! An
7: influx of undocumented immigrants, many of them children, has crammed into In Arizona,
3: Corrections Corporation of America, or CCA, holds the federal contract to house detained immigrants. It's worth more than $11 million every month. Our. uh, Immigration
8: facilities are just great. There are families kept there uh, in horrible conditions. They're called detention facilities, but they're really prisons for immigrants. So you call them an detention facility, it doesn't make them not a prison. They are a prison. They just have
4: a different name. I'm what some people are saying is a prison for immigration, which is the merger of immigration enforcement um, our law enforcement so that some of the
11: same things that were used in the war on drugs not migrating to other populations. You've heard it uh, with Donald Trump, not about blacks, but the <coughs> Mexicans. You know, oh, well, they're rapists, murderers. Uh, oh, and by the way, some of them may be good people. Oh, boy, you know, where do you start on something like that?
7: In late 2010, CCA left Alex after a big NPR story came out accusing Alex of quitting SB 1070.
11: Alec hasn't done anything on immigration. No, no which way, not to the right, not to the left, nothing. <laughs> so I
8: don't,
11: I don't really have anything for worry on
8: that one. Sorry. Alec has recently made what I would describe as a PR move to say that it's going to be right on crime, that it's going to be on the right side of Colonel justice policy and reform. That move comes in the wake of its loss of a massive number of corporations.
11: What ultimately happened is our board looked at the issues that Alec worked on
4: and decided that
11: we do social issues. We are focused on economic issues. We jettisoned basically uh, almost all of our legislation that was pre 2007. So basically, uh, fresh slate going forward, let's like start going forward.
7: This industry knows that it's dying and is actually preparing for the next thing and the animating factors that have led to a system like bail, we're, ne- we're always going to see new permutations of, of a cancer, right? And that's what is.
11: And over the last couple of years, since 2008, we've been involved really in a, in a, a wholesale reform effort where 31 states have now adopted positive changes on
8: sentencing,
11: Probation reform.
8: Alex has a concerted effort to privatize almost every aspect of government, but we had no idea that they were also aiming to try to privatize probation and parole. Alex is no longer concerned about CCA and CCA's interest. CCA no longer has a seat at the table with Alex, so it doesn't have a, a financial interest in advancing policies that increase the profits of CCA. But the American Bail Coalition is still part of Alex.
10: Today, our state. Our Filled to
2: the brim and overflowing with inmates. When I think of systems of oppression, uh, historically, in this country and elsewhere, they're durable, and they tend to reinvent themselves, and they do it right under your nose.
10: One of the things they want to do is GPS monitoring.
11: Having a home confinement system... For home. ...home, Someone to be monitored... Also. Locked up in a
3: cage, in a cell, inside of an institution, but they will have ankle braces. on. they would have wrist braces on. That helps solve the overcrowding problem.
2: What I worry about is that while asleep at the wheel, wake up, and realize that we're
11: incarcerated. That is what I. Do. probation and really investing in those programs.
7: How much progress is it really if communities of color are still under perpetual surveillance and control but now there's a private company making money off the GPS monitor rather than the person
10: being locked in a literal cage. If we can help you save crime victims in your legislative district, you don't mind me making a dollar.
8: So Alex continues to be a body that, while it may have some really strong rhetoric on why it supports crime reform now, suddenly, uh, sort of out of the blue, uh, it it actually has real financial interests.
10: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. If you're in the prison business, uh, you don't want reform. You may say you do, but you don't.
3: And there are a bunch of people out there desperately trying to make sure that that prison population does not drop one person, because their economic model needs that.
2: Prison industrial complex refers to the system of mass incarceration and companies that profit from mass incarceration. That includes both operators of private prisons, which get a lot of attention, vast sea of vendors from um, securist technology
3: that supplies telephone services that made $114 million in, in profits
2: last
7: year. Those calls to family and friends are costing a pretty penny in state prisons.
2: They inflate the price that they charge the inmate and the inmate's family. For example,
3: in Maryland, if you earn minimum wage, you'd have to work an hour and a half to afford... phone There's also Aramark, one of the big food service providers... In more than one state, they've been accused of having maggots in the the food that they've served. Healthcare provides healthcare services in 28 different states. Multi-million dollar contracts for this service. Huge incentives given to to, uh, contractors for very long contracts. So it's actually a disincentive to provide this service because you're going to be paid anyway.
2: Incarceration in this country and to question it is because well,
1: it's a unicorn that it does $900 million in business. Talk about
3: sweatshops and we. We beat our fists at, at people overseas for exploiting for free labor, but we don't look that it's happening right here at home every day. You have corporations who are now investing in, in, in uh, this free labor.
10: It's all over. Uh, it's from sports uniform, hat, Microsoft, Boeing. Federal inmates are making the guidance systems for the Patriot missile system. J.C. Penny jeans made in Tennessee. Victoria's Secret. Anderson Flooring and wood products have always been potatoes. They're planted, grown, harvested, packed and shipped by inmates.
3: Victoria's Secret and JC. Penny switched suppliers once their ties came to light. Simply put, corporations are operating in prison
10: and profiting from punishment. Prison industries have gotten so big that it's very difficult now. To try and do away with them. Too much money out there, too many um, lawmakers that support it because they're being lobbied. So the public's gotta stand up and take it back. It'll never get done if they don't see yes, it it
4: it's <laughs> treated like my a
7: Arrest. Khalif Browder was walking home from a party with his friends in the Bronx when he was stopped by police.
3: Khalif was charged with a crime, a really petty crime uh, that
9: it turns out he didn't commit, and they said we're going to take you to the precinct and most likely we're going to let you go home. And then I never went home. They told you that you could post bail. Yes, that's correct. Ten thousand dollars. Yes. And of course,
7: I, I couldn't make that. Uh, family crimes, there are thousands of people in jails right this moment that are sitting there for no other reason than because they're too poor
3: get out. We have a criminal justice system that treats you better if you're rich and guilty than if you're poor and mm-hmm. innocent. Well, not a couple mm-hmm. ...dramas.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's really not being...
3: The and go to the trial. 97% of those. <laughs> one of the worst violations of human rights that you can imagine in the United States. You have in this country people pleading guilty to crimes they didn't commit just because the thought of going to jail for what the mandatory minimums are is so excruciating. Police Browder decided, I'm going to. Being in prison for up to 15
9: years and going home right then by admitting you did a crime you didn't do I felt like I was done wrong. I felt like something needed to be done about this. I felt like something needs to be said. If I just cop out and say that I did it, nothing's going to be done about it. I didn't do it. No justice is served. What you're not
3: told is that if you exercise that right to a trial and you are convicted,
7: we will punish you for the court basically to not take a plea deal want to take it to trial, that's when um, his, the mental health issues started to deteriorate. He started to get into fights. After a while, I just kept hearing the same
9: thing for me. I had to cope with just being in there, and I was, I was rough. I already knew. I, after a while, I just gave up hope. Everything, everything about being home, the fresh air, and you want to be home. And then when they give you an offer to go home right then and there, it's like, I want to go home, but then you know you just, you can that, we were scared all day because nowhere and where any
3: harm would come. Khalif suffered through so many beatings. Both by the people he was locked up with and the guards, he ended up attempting suicide on several occasions. He dropped all the charges, and he was set. Is an environment that people have argued is designed
9: to break you within 30 days. I mean, I can't, I can't really tell you what's next, but
3: it happens every day. After this, <laughs> has <laughs> been
4: playing
3: guilty
9: my story would have been never been heard. Nobody would have took the time to listen to me. I'd have been
7: just another criminal. The industrial complex, the system, the industry, it is a beast. It eats black and Latino people for breakfast, lunch, dinner.
3: We didn't even think about who gets the jobs. We want uh, people with understanding of human behavior.
7: any human contact other than to be handcuffed by an officer. Uh, he doesn't even have a window in his cell and that's one thing that really disturbs me, it troubles me. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that we would even have such an architectural design in our country. I never realized that there was a prison cells built like that. Human beings are not born to be abandoned. Okay. Most people wouldn't keep their pets in the kind of conditions that we keep people in. Prisons and jails have become warehouses in the sense that um, where we've moved as a society is
8: that it's not enough to just deprive you of your liberty, um,
3: but we want to punish you, too. Most of the society
9: um,
3: don't understand what it means to be behind those bar wires.
10: Once somebody is arrested and convicted, they're gone. Nobody particularly cares. Anyways, the prison systems are sort of in the dark. makes a lot easier to say send people there. If you look at the whole problem, and say, What are we doing? We have too many laws locking too many people up. Them in prison. Uh, and while they're in prison, doing very little, if anything, to rehabilitate them so that they can reenter civil society when they get out. And then when, we, when they get out, uh, over 40,000 uh, collateral consequences for people that
9: come through our criminal justice system. Is that question, have you been convicted of a felony that appears on the job
7: application? In some cases can affect your access to student loans. They can't get many business licenses
9: private rentals in regards to housing. Is that question
7: that appears on life insurance.
4: The Scarlet Letter, you for the rest March
7: of 2015, we had tens of thousands
3: of people come to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the crossing of the Edmonton Bridge, and very few of those people realized that nearly 30% of the population of Alabama today has lot of a criminal conviction. American citizens, when they pay back their debt to society, their citizenship will still be denied from them. So
7: many aspects of the old Jim Crow are suddenly legal again once you've been branded a felon. It means that in America, we haven't so much ended racial caste, but simply redesigned it. It's not in their interest anymore to maintain the system as it
3: is. Now all of a sudden
7: Hillary Clinton is meeting with Black Lives Matter activists and talking about it. It's time to change our and end the era of mass incarceration.
3: She's made a major address on
7: it. We will reform our criminal justice system from end to end and rebuild trust. Between law enforcement and the communities they serve. President Obama going to prison,
3: you know, as the first sitting president to ever visit a prison. We've got an opportunity to make a
10: time when overall violent crime rates have been dropping at the same time as incarcerations last year dropped for the first time in 40 years. And conservatives, who were always seen or understood as being the tough on crime ones,
7: um, have now uh, embraced. Justice reform—it's very uh,
2: man by dog. You see, Texas used to spend uh, for minor offenses. We shifted our focus to diversionary programs
3: like community supervision. Uh, we got to ask ourselves: Do we feel comfortable with people taking the lead of a conversation in a moment where it feels right politically? Historically, when we look at it to create
9: reform, they inevitably. Lead to
2: more repression. And so, if we leave it up to them, what they're going to do is they're going to tinker with the system. They're not going to do the sort of change that we need to see as a country to get us out of this mess. And they're certainly not going to go backwards. Mess they've made, because they're ready to make that admission. But as a country, I don't think we've ever been ready to make the admission that we have steamrolled through entire communities and multiple generations when you think about things like slavery and Jim Crow and all the other systems of oppression that have led us to where we are today. So much fun.
3: I love it. I love it. We having a good time. USA! USA! Yeah. a lot quicker than this. A lot quicker. And we're going to win, force the law, and Americans should remember that if we're going to have order. I am the law and order candidate. We thought, I mean, they, they called the end of slavery jubilee. We thought we were done then. And then you had a hundred years of Jim Crow terror and lynching these guys come on the scene, Ella Jo Baker, Fannie Lou Hamer, we get the bills passed, vote, and then they break out the handcuffs. Label you felon, you can't vote or get a job. So we don't know what the next iteration of this will be, but it will be. It will be. And we will have to be vigilant. I'm a prison cell. Six by nine, living hell, stone wall, metal bars for the guards in jail. My nickname, the can, the slam of the big house. I'm the place many fear, cause there's no way out. Make up 40.2 percent of the prison. The
9: complex
1: uh, uh, relies historically on the inheritances of slavery.
6: The 13th Amendment says no invite is to except for those who have been duly convicted of a crime. So once you've been convicted of a crime, you are in essence a slave of the state. The stroke of a
0: pen is not self-enforcing. And so while the 13th Amendment is hailed as this great milestone for freedom and abolitionists celebrate and, you know, this is the end of a lifelong quest, the reality is much more problematic. Well, once that clause is inserted in there, it becomes a tool. It's there. It's embedded in the structure, and for those who seek to this criminality clause as a tool, it can become a pretty powerful one because it's privileged. In the Constitution, it's the supreme law of the land.
7: Throughout American history, African Americans have repeatedly been controlled through systems of racial and social control that appear to die, but then are reborn in new form tailored to the needs and constraints of the time. You know, after the collapse of slavery, a new system was born: convict leasing, which was a new form of slavery. And once convict leasing faded away, a new system was born, a Jim Crow system that relegated African Americans to a permanent second-class status. And here we are, decades after the collapse of the old Jim Crow, and a new system has been born again in America, a system of mass incarceration that once again strips millions of poor people, overwhelmingly poor people of color, of the very right supposedly won in the civil rights movement.
3: And so instead of
7: talking about it,
3: uh, we just tried to move on. After the Civil Rights Act was passed and after the civil rights laws, we tried to play it off. And because we didn't deal with it, the narrative of racial difference continued, and it turned into this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that follows every black and brown person wherever they are.
7: Brown. It was also this pattern of mass criminalization and mass incarceration. There was an average of three warrants per household in Ferguson. And so people rose up because they understood that they were also enemies of the state, seen as enemies of the state. The communities in which black people live or really become occupied territories and black people have become seen as um, enemy combatants, right, who don't have any rights and who can be stopped and frisked and, you know, arrested and detained and questioned and killed with impunity.
6: we were to look at the largest scale riot that we know of. Uh, in you know, recent history, from to the Detroit riot in 1967, the Newark riot in 1967, the Harlem riot in 1964, Watts in 1965. Every single one of those riots was a result of police brutality. That is a common thread
4: would
0: be a mistake to say, as many people do in the current context, that oh, if you're against the police, then you're against law and order. And these are hardworking civil servants; they're putting their lives on the line for you every day. And you know that's true. People who, who join the police do so, you know, to do these sorts of things. But if you dismiss black complaints of mistreatment by police as being rooted in our modern context, and you're missing the, the point completely. There has never been a period in our history where the law and order branch of the state has not operated against the freedoms, the liberties, the options, the choices that have been available for the black community, generally speaking. And to ignore that racial heritage, to ignore that historical context means that you can't have an informed debate about the current state of blacks and police relationship today, because this didn't just appear out of nothing. This is a product of a centuries-long historical process, and to not reckon with that is is to shut off solutions. We may have lost the sheep of the people of Klan, but clearly when you see
3: black kids being shot down, then obviously we didn't cut out this cancer. Any of us- Uh, who who, families live through this, who are extensions of of this kind of person. We don't need to see pictures to understand what's going on. It's really to kind of like speak to the masses who've been ignoring this for the majority of their life. But I also think there's trouble just showing, you know, black bodies as dead bodies too. Too much of anything becomes unhealthy, unuseful.
7: I think they need to be seen if the family is okay with it. It wasn't until things were made visual in the Civil Rights Movement
6: that we really saw uh, folks come out and, and be shocked at the movement. You have to shock people into paying attention. So there's a kind of historical trajectory that we can trace here uh, through media and technology. We went back to the narrative, autobiography, narrative, later in the 19th century. Together, use photograph, and they showed images of the same okay. like place
1: tun- <track> the back of the of the carpet, but was really thought of as being one of the
7: timelines of mother to have an open casket funeral hundreds and hundreds of black folks filed past and see this young boy who had been killed by white supremacists in the south publish those photographs in black publications so the entire black world like our facebook or our twitter now right so that the whole black world could see what had happened
6: In the 1950s, Dr. King uh, and the uh, Civil Rights Movement used television in this way. Look, this is what segregation looks like. These are dogs attacking children. These are people being firehosed, searching for the medium of technology that will confirm your experience such that your basic humanity can be recognized.
3: The difference now is somebody can hold up one of these, get what's going on, they can put it on YouTube, and the whole world has to deal with it. That's what's new. It's not the protest, it's not the brutality, it's the fact that we can force a conversation about it. We have been consistently being murdered as a result of police aggression. They generally
9: would excuse it by calling us criminals. When they was killing
5: Oscar Grant. (laughs) When they got to Eric Gardner.
4: Everyone
2: points out, as you're saying, I I can't breathe, I can't breathe. But the sentences
7: before that were, why are you always stopping me? Why is it day in and day out, week in and week out, you're stopping me? And that I think is uh, hugely important. When we think about the children were killed at the hands of the state. Um, I think about Samir Rice at 12 years old, and the way that he was killed, you know, it hits my heart. you
4: take Stop. Stop. Oh my God! Oh my God! stop me, God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my a Oh my God!
1: Oh my God!
3: a boat or anything else. And so there's hope there
1: because of that. Having people truly
3: understand that when
7: black lives matter, everybody's life matters, including every single person that enters criminal justice system, it's not just even about only black lives, right? It's about changing the way this country understands human dignity. defined by race that we as a nation have learned not to care about, we wouldn't be talking about two million people behind bars today.
3: People say all the time, well, I don't understand how people could have tolerated slavery. How could they have uh, made peace with that? How could people have gone to a lynching and participated in that? How did people uh, make sense of this segregation, this a white and colored only drinking that's so crazy. I just if I was living at that time, I would have never tolerated anything like that and the truth is we are living at this time, and we are tolerating it.
4: forget
1: some they know not
2: milk. Right, children. Right, all right, all right, all right. That is 13. I'm sorry about the noise from the phone. I don't know what's going on. But it's clicking back back and forth. I don't know what's going on with that. But we're going to start getting people in here that want to talk about this. So I'm going to open up the line. You're welcome to go ahead and call in. The number is 646-787-8150. Again, 646-787-8150. You're welcome to call in. I know people were listening. I'm sorry again, like I said about the the noises. It's like someone's on the phone, but no one's on the phone other than me. I don't know. Makes you wonder. People don't want us to talk about this. So let me go ahead and bring in uh, Miss J and Miss uh, Three Three Six and see what their thoughts is about this. Hey, everyone, are you there?
5: Hello. Hi. Hey.
2: Hey. Sorry about the. The, I don't know what was that, the whole background noise or whatnot, like someone was trying to breathe on the phone, but no one's here, so it makes you wonder. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So from, from what you could hear, what did you think about that documentary, and what's your thoughts about this whole situation that we're in? Oh, oh from watching this documentary, um, this is Lady J. right
5: here, um, from gathering from it, I, I I found it very profound. I kind of like what the the last comment that was I mentioned on there when it says how could we tolerate um, I guess slavery and all the things that happened in the past and and how the injustice of uh, how we treated people back then and then they said well you know if they had a way well, they wouldn't have tolerated you know back then but in the fact that we are tolerating it right now I kind of like that last statement that he said because it's profound that you know we are still not really doing anything about what's going on in our, in our um, prison systems right now, as to um, fixing the problem or even even talking about it. And as it's um, known right now, it still goes on today. And not only does it go on today, um, and it's still you know a problem, but it's also going towards into our our children, which is like in the school systems where you're seeing also an increase in juvenile um, incarcerations as well. So um, from the, this documentary, it just put out a lot of good points that there's still a problem here in America, and we just
12: really, really need to uh, shine a light on this.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. What about you, Three 336? What do you think about that?
12: I mean, I would, I would totally agree with um, what she's saying, and ultimately I think the reason why, you know, you know, I mean, we, you know, we know that this is wrong, but I think it comes down to the reason why, you know, businesses or certain groups of people aren't saying anything is, is it comes down to money. And as yep. long as they can still make profit off of this, I, you know, I think it's a nice idea to think that businesses will do right, like you know, do more right morally. But I think ultimately, as long as they continue to profit off of this type of labor. It's just um, I I really don't see them having a real strong push to change anything,
4: and I, just, agree I think it's a shame
12: you. that it it comes down to just money. It's a you know it's a shame that money is basically um, you know people have sold their sold out their morals or you know their values just over a dollar, and I think it's it's a shame.
2: Yeah, it's disgusting, very disgusting, and I'm glad you brought up those businesses because I went and did a little bit of research and figure out it's not only like these guys are saying, hey, I'm, I'm not touching. I don't know if they're mine. It's like, well, we're not actually sending these people to prison, but we're, we're going to make some extra money on, on our business. I can name a few businesses that this deals with, and a lot of you folks are probably figuring out what can we do, because I know protesting, some people say, okay, you can march all you want to. It's not going to do anything, and you're right. It's not going to do Everything, to a certain extent. But when you stop investing into these companies, that says something, too. So I'm just going to go ahead and let it rip from what I'm reading from this article that I have here. Um, There are a few companies that are basically having a legalization where they they can contract prison labor by private companies that mount their operations inside state prisons. And some of these companies are IBM, Boeing. That's a defense contractor, if anyone didn't know that. Motorola, Microsoft, AT&T, Wireless, Texas Instrument. Remember those guys with the calculators? Guess who made that? (laughs) Dell, Compaq, Honeywell, Hewlett-Packard, some known ones, you know, some other ones, Intel, Northern Techcom, TWA, Nordstrom's, Macy's, Target stores. There's just a few of them, folks. So... Don't think, oh, because they didn't mention it in the documentary, they don't exist. I can give you this. I, I, I actually, I think we posted this up here on who's mm-hmm. investing in on this, and I believe, uh, Miss Shea, you were talking about the pharmaceutical companies are getting yeah. in on this too. Yeah,
5: we got pharmaceutical companies. Excuse me, like Pfizer. Um, a lot of these these other drugs that we use, um, that pharmaceutical market that they're making. Ladies, Victoria's Secrets did it, too. So I know a lot of y'all like buying garments from them, but they also use inmates to help sew underwear for y'all. Um, a lot of our healthy uh, health nuts that like going to Whole Foods, they um, also participate with that. They um, help uh, with this particular one, get raising tilapia. So if you think you're buying fresh fish from a farm, farm-raised place, well, yes, yeah, but those prisoners are actually helping them uh, raise those tilapias and actually help you have it in your stores. McDonald's, BP, uh, uh, Wally World, my favorite, Walmart. <laughs> Everybody goes to Walmart and have a good time, but a lot of things uh, labor and used to get out of us um, for prison labor. Um So there is a list. I believe we did put this on, or either we shared it between one another but we are going to put that on the Facebook site so you can see the list of other people
2: that are participating with prisoners Yes. with labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's very terrible because a lot of people don't understand the whole plan and process. And I think uh, you might call me a conspiracy theorist, but I was talking to Lady J about this whole voucher that they're trying to do for the schools. Where they're not gonna, you know, basically going back to the days of Bush, W. Bush, uh, when they're talking about, you know, leave no child left behind or wherever that whole uh-huh. thing. Trump, Trump is trying to come up with a new way where you won't have Common Core. So some of y'all, I guess, uh, you you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, Miss J. But um, the Common Core, uh, how it has, is basically okay. These. These students can go to these schools, and they're allowed to go to, right? But Uh I think with this new voucher, it's like, you know what? We're going to give everyone a voucher who has a kid, and you can go to any school you want to go to. Now, that might sound good at one point, but there's a a few flaws with that. You know, you're going to see a lot of charter schools going to come up and start appearing, and they're going to start sending. You you know how charter schools are, if anyone – who uh, have friends that did that, they can pick and choose who they want. So that leaves yeah. out some of these students that might not be able to go, and then they're going to get the less uh, of you know, the opportunities that they should have had when they was going to a regular school. So mm-hmm. I think when they get left like that, they get left behind unemployment increases because they don't have the skills to do what they should be able to do to keep a job and then that's where people start committing crimes. And I think that's where it's a new it's a new grand scheme, in my honest opinion, where they're going to do okay from from the schoolhouse to the prison house. I think that's a new design that's going to come up, and a lot of people need to be aware of what's going on, because they're trying to say, well, let's just leave it to the states, because already Donald Trump has already said he wants to get rid of the Board of Education, and people don't understand that. They, he said, I'm done with them. I, I want them done. And... That's, that's kind of crazy talk right there.
4: Totally crazy. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm here for your I, – I want our I want our generation to be great. I want our kids to be great. But you know what? I'm done with the Board of Education. <laughs> Y'all can raise them yourself. And, you know, but, I, mean, I think that's – go ahead.
5: I was just interrupting you for a little bit, but I was sitting there thinking about that, what you were saying. It's like, how can you get rid of this, this system and making people choose uh, using uh, – this type of system with his vouchers and stuff when half of these kids probably not even read on their grade level. No, so, they can't. I mean, you know, I mean, you're sending them out to uh, probably like a private schools or something like that, and who's to say that these private schools are going to actually teach them anything any differently if they can't even do uh, simple math or be on the same reading or writing or math level in school already if they're coming from, a, uh, 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 I guess, a, a school that has a poor rating in their curriculum. So, I mean, I, I just don't see if that's how that's going to work. I know, you know, a lot of, you know, Trump is thinking he has the, the answers to everything, but I see those as being problems, and it's like you basically spending more money where you could be investing it into helping teachers and the students in that school system be better.
12: Let's see, that exactly. would require that he actually care about those teachers and those students in that school system, mm-hmm. and he doesn't, so yeah, he really is yeah. not going to try to help them that way.
2: Yeah, it makes me wonder. And you know, after he got elected, you know, the stock for all these companies that we're talking about who's building up these prisons went up forty nine percent if people went to work. It shot up forty nine percent after they declared him president elect. Uh another thing that I thought in my mind is, you know, he is talking about illegal immigration. People are like, Well, how would he do that? I think it would go back to the days of Nazi Germany where people You know, people say, well, how do you know who's legal, who's this and that? People are going to start running their mouth saying, well, I don't think this person should be here. And I think they're going to build up more prisons. They're going to say, well, since they're in the process of deporting, we're just going to keep them in our jail cells that we're building. Because, you know, at the end of the day, some of these prisons have got a scheme in it where if you don't keep it at a certain rate, meaning like the high 90% or whatnot as far as like ninety seven percent or ninety nine percent full that they come back and charge the state. And a lot of people don't know that. People say, Well it's what? A, yeah. and you know
5: it's
7: a And that goes back
2: to Yeah. It goes back to you. So it makes you wonder, do you really need those prison systems? I'm not saying everyone's innocent. I'm not saying that, but like if you send someone in jail just to make money, that's terrible. That's like you going to hell with gasoline draws on. So, I mean, no one deserves to be in prison. You heard about that one guy we was listening to in the video where he was sent to jail, you know, falsely accused, and they were sitting there telling him, just admit that you're guilty and you can get out now. And he's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. He ended up killing himself when he got out finally. hmm You know, people That's don't right. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, with, with the system going on that we have on now it has to be restructured correctly. It should not be where the United States, which is supposed to be number one, number one, shouldn't be number one in this category, locking up people. We don't even have the biggest population in the world, but we're locking up more people. We have so many people locked up. They almost equate the popular vote of Hillary Clinton, if if anyone is aware of what their statistics
4: go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's terrible. Mm-hmm. So it's
2: like you lock them up. You lock them up on non, what, what is it called, uh, Miss 336? So nonviolent. Nonviolent. Yeah, non, yeah, you lock them up years mm-hmm. and years and years and years, but you don't do anything to correct the problem. So when they get out, they get out, they can't find a job. And I think from what I heard from Warren Ballantyne, he mentioned this on his show, he said it should be a way that you can give these people pardons. You know, with our president that we have in office give these people a pardon with the condition that they pay a fine, that fine goes back into our teachers. Those teachers are getting those extra bonuses that they need to help run those schools that they need to because, you know, I know I go off of uh, tangent here, but we gotta have better schools as well too. And, and if you're treating teachers where they're not getting paid a lot, they gonna like, I'm not doing this. I'm not making a career out of this. I'm gonna do my time and do something else. And I actually met teachers like that when I was overseas. Met some teachers mm-hmm. straight up teaching basic English. I say, so you have to learn a language, right? They were over in Middle East, and said, no, we get a translator in the classroom. And said, so you're teaching little kids, and no, we just teach like maybe 14-year-olds to 30-year-old people in a class of 12, and we just teach them English, watching movies, and we get paid $75,000 because the government is making us pay for it. So I said, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with our prison system, we have to wonder, like, what are we going to do? Because you can't keep going like this. Are we Do we need to change the laws? May, definitely, you know. Should we go back to these uh, private organizations and saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna run the, the government for y'all, or I'm gonna run the prison for y'all. Just give it to me, and everything'll be all right." I don't, I don't feel them on it. What's
12: your thoughts? I, I don't really know where to. <laughs> With um, I w- I wouldn't even know really where to start with it because it's like it's so much and so much to to do. But I would I do have a question because I know you are saying like have these people pay a fine and then the fine goes back to the teacher. But then my other question would be like for some of the people, where would they even get the money for the fine? Because you know some places people are yep. being held longer in jail because it's it's not that they're being you know some people are being held longer in jail because they just can't afford the bail. Yeah, that's true. And you're talking I, about I asking think, these people to pay a fine. I mean, if they can't even pay bail, I'm not saying the, the fine I think be it a should be a, a bail, reasonable fine. i say
2: probably like, let's say a ballpark figure, maybe between $500, $1,000, they expunged their record. So once their record's cleared, it shouldn't show up. It should not show up, hey, well, we're going to penalize you because you got a criminal record. Because that's a lot of things that's stopping them from getting a job itself. Now, there right. should be, it should be some infrastructure since well, Donald Trump got a great plan and, and state legislators have plans. I think there should be some type of infrastructure that they could send these guys into. You remember back in the day with uh, Job Corps? Yeah. Remember when they sent yeah. people who didn't quite finish high school to go there and they learned them mm-hmm. a trait? They learned a the trait yeah. and at the end of the day, they got a degree. I think the same thing can apply. I honestly think it can apply. Say, so, hey, you're going to go through this pipeline here. Instead of pipeline to prison, pipeline to have a trait, have something that you can use to help help yourself build up, you know? And you say, okay, well, you go through this. Hmm?
5: I was saying, well, and that I was, was saying like you, a part of a solution for trying to get them before they even get into that situation. Like if there will be like a first-time nonviolent event, you will want to – probably have that as a first line of, of, of prevention for them versus putting them into a system. So if you have like a knock about uh, a offense, maybe you should have a system in place where you can um, learn, uh, get the resources or get the help that you need. So some of these people may be a first-time offender, and they um, have a record for life. And if they go out there and do something else that's probably on that same level, maybe slightly higher, you know, I mean, it just kind of follows them. So I'm thinking um, like resources or rehabilitation programs or, like you said, like a job for a program or something that kind of will, won't keep them in the system because I know when I, I used to talk to uh, some uh, police officers the people in the, in the uh, criminal justice system, they said once you're in that system, it's very hard to get out. Even if, if you think about when you get a traffic ticket, if that officer comes, like if you get a traffic ticket, Let's say in March, and like six months later, you get another one. That officer knows that you got one traffic ticket. More than likely, you're going to get another one. It's kind of hard to get out of it, and that brings everything about you from your insurance rate down, the points in your DMV and everything. So, I mean, I think there just has to be some kind of like leniency for those people, especially if it's, I mean, it's something that is minor.
2: I honestly think if we're going to talk about that, I think you ought to change the school system where we're, teaching our kids not only, hey, this is how you get a job, hey, by the way, this is how you create jobs. I think that would help, too, as a stop-measure gap. Now, for that the world. So we're not even teaching them how, how to for, get
12: jobs right now, really. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs>
12: that's true.
2: The <laughs> Teach them how to pass the test. That's what it is. But we got we got to change that mind frame. Get them before they get into that system. But the ones that are in the system, we got to create something for them to be like, okay, this is an avenue for you to get out. Now, you know, some people going to be like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. I'm going to keep doing the same thing. So be it. But for the ones that really, really need to get out of there and say, I'm willing to do that, it needs to be some type of opportunity because it's so hard. Right. You already got one strike because you're black. You got another strike mm-hmm. because you already went to jail. You got a third strike This waiting to happen. That's because they mm-hmm. say so, so it's like it's no leeway. It's no, it's no. Hey, we're yeah, gonna we're wipe that bit. off for of you. Yeah, you can't vote when you, you get this. Some states you can't vote if you are um, past mm-hmm. selling. You know, can't do it. And you, just, they did their time. They served their time, but you tell me they can't vote. So you know, they a voting support, but you know, you gotta do all this. It, it needs to be a sponge. You know. The ones that are not doing anything that's going to hurt people, you know, they do those things and they look at them and it needs to be addressed because we can't keep on funneling people in this. I know these people said, well, we're going to make money. What people need to do is people who are listening to the show, they need to go ahead and directly write to those people that they got stock with that do this. If you're really concerned, you need to stop buying that stuff. Tell them, look. I know what you're doing. Caught you red-handed. This, if you continue doing this, now I'm I gonna have to let you go. We're gonna have to break ties. When people start losing their money, they might be like, "I don't want to do this. This is bad." Because mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. If you hurt an animal out here, Peter will come after you. But you lock a person up, like they just said about the guy treating them less than an animal. Nothing is done about it. It's just like we're not gonna talk
12: about that. Yeah, we just gotta live yeah. in their pockets, in order for them, yeah. in order for this type of stuff to change, you know, and you know, just with America in general, or certain for things to change in this country, we have to hit people in their pockets. We have to be willing to, if that means not going to Walmart or not going to Target, and I love going to Target, you know, okay. um, you know, we have to be, you know, a lot of times we have to be willing to put our money where our mouth is. But you know, I've come across people. Where we did, um, like you know, we boycotted Black Friday last year, and I come across, you know, some Mm -hmm. of our people and they're more concerned about getting a a 40 inch TV for two hundred dollars that they don't want to boycott anything. And I'm like, you know, there was one person I came across and she had like black sons, and I'm like, so this two hundred dollar 40 inch TV is more important than your sons with your car. And but I think it goes back to, you know, we need Mm -hmm. to change our mindset and also. We need to change our minds and, and you know, start looking at what we truly value. Do you value your son or do you value yeah. this TV over here? But then even mm-hmm. besides that, yeah. I'm like, you know, they give you on, you know, the Black Friday thing because the truth of the matter is, yeah, they have good sales on Black Friday, but the sales basically continue until the day after Christmas. Yeah. So saying, yeah. You, know, yeah. <laughs> you got to look mm-hmm. at this yeah, that's whole a thing, but, again, that's it's a, a lack of knowledge and, and people – the media and you know they hype up certain things and it's just you know and yeah. I don't know it just makes yeah, you think I, about that you know that verse it's like you know my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and I'm like yo it's it's happening and it happens every day
2: yeah yeah and I think some people think in their mind they think well that won't ever happen to me you can't make that guarantee because they can make laws change overnight. Mm-hmm. The only thing I do is say, hey, we're going to sneak this law in here, and you don't hear about it, and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. you get fined or you go to jail. I mean, it's happened before, so people need to stay hip. Don't say not me, because it can happen. It can happen. Mm -hmm. People that think Mm -hmm. Hitler could come to power. No one thought that crazy man could come to power. All of a sudden, he came to power. How did this happen? (laughs) Yeah, and you got (laughs) people protesting. You got white
5: people out there protesting out there, like, they're about to be enslaved. I'm like, Mm-hmm. You know What was it yeah. Saturday Night Live They did that one With Dave Chappelle He did that With Chris Rock And they had That <laughs> Hillary Clinton Episode Everybody yeah, right. Was on that so, Like This is nothing new Yeah, Not yeah for Exactly us <laughs> Yeah,
12: yeah. I think We really yeah, have and, to um, but... We have to open up Our eyes And we have to look We have to look Beyond our little bubble And beyond uh, You know Our specific world But I mean At the same time You know Just I don't know about y'all, but I, for me, I know people that are in jail. I know mm-hmm. people that are in jail on some violent crimes, and I know people that are in jail behind dumb stuff and mm-hmm. behind non-violent offenses. And it's, I think we need – I think if we look more at that and not just look at, okay, he was he was out here playing dope or whatever, you know, we have to look beyond that. We yeah. have to, like, yeah, he's doing wrong, but at the same time, does he need – like 20, 30 years for having drugs versus this guy that didn't even get five and he killed somebody?
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it it needs to be changed. Another another thing that I'm thinking is to preventive maintenance, to prevent people from committing crimes. we got to think about some of these people committing crimes. Some people, this is what my dad always told me. He said people will steal and rob before they starve and let their family starve. I, I believe that. I believe that someone's going to be like, I'm not going to sit here and starve and let my kids starve. I'm going to do something. So it's going to be what it is. So what I'm thinking, you know how we give foreign aid to all these countries and stuff? hmm We were looking at one thing about the expenditure of, of these uh, prisons. It's about, from a, a research study of 2013, it was like $51.9 five point five one fifty-one point nine billion. All together, you know, instead of putting all that money like that in there, why don't they put it into the deprived areas that need economic revival? Why don't they do that, you know? That would help out so much with helping <laughs> out a community. If you saying, well, oh, these businesses are going out, we need to start doing something, you know. And I know they say, well, not – not this government money, we don't want to do the, but, you know, they can't say that if they turn around giving money to countries like Israel, Egypt, countries in South America. You can't say that. <laughs> they they need to turn around and look back and say, okay, we got our people here too. We need to help our people before we go help out these other countries. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, I think that's possible. And it's not that hard to go look at, in a country, and you got the statistics, you got census gear, you got all those data statistics that you need to have to look at. Okay, we could tell which where the crime is coming from, this and that. We can set up a think tank on what jobs need to be created. And if you, if you're an entrepreneur and you got a good business plan, because they do this too in the government, you got a good business plan, give us the pitch. We consider it, and it should be businesses be like, look, we want to come in there, but the 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 icing of it is it should be people with those spaces in that community that should be getting that money too. It shouldn't be a stranger that's coming from another country and sitting there and being like well i'm I'm not even gonna hire these people because that's what happens. You see these people at your gas stations, you see them at the shops and stuff, but they won't hire people to look like us, but they will take our money from us. I don't like mm-hmm. that, I think it should be the people. In our community just getting those grants You know, when I'm talking about grants I'm talking about the building grants You know, and they're setting up businesses They're setting up banks and They're setting up all those things that you need To run your community And we're taking care of our own people Instead of someone sitting there saying, Oh, I opened up a gas station or whatever And I don't even deal with y'all people And I don't like that That's bad taste in my mouth 'Cause I mean, with that that's just gonna that's not even helping the community. When you having something inside a community and you're building something and and you got a whole network of businesses that are building, you got growth. You got in my mind, you got less crime. It's always gonna be crime regardless. I don't care what anyone say, there will always be crime but it's going to be reduced amounts of crime because they ain't going to be thinking, man, maybe I get to stick and bust this man upside his head since I don't got no money, or should I go put in his application and have a job because I know that guy. That guy goes to church with my mom, things like that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's what my thoughts are. But I won't say furthermore, I, I think this concludes our show for tonight. I know it's a lot of stuff that was in... The documentary, a lot of stuff that we say, but I want a lot of people to realize something, that this show is not going anywhere. We're going to still talk about these issues, and I think Miss 336 coming through and Lady J coming through, I, I think that if we have more conversations like this, not just on the radio, but actually talking to folks, talking in the streets, talking to people that you go to school with, go to work with, and just have a deep conversation about this because this stuff will affect us whether you like it or not. If, like uh, Ms. 336 said, she already know people like that. I know people like that in, in my family and whatnot that's got this situation going on. So they'll say it won't affect you, and I know a lot of people, they won't never affect me. You don't know. Laws, Like I say, laws can change. But we really need to have that conversation, and we really need to start having strategy behind this. We need to demand more, or we need to hold our money. That's how all it needs to go down to. You don't need to go out there with no stick and create violence. The violence is not going to get you where you need to. What you need to do is take it to them by holding your money, putting your money in your pocket. And if you can sacrifice Black Friday, if all the black people put all their money together, and brown people put their money together, and say, look, we're not spending our money with y'all no more. You can create a bankruptcy in this country. You can make Wall Street go down and plummet. And I know people say, whatever, it can. It can happen. When people stop buying and they hear that notion that you're not going to buy because A, B, and C, the stock market is full with, you know, speculation. They hear that, they're going to get worried. They're like, man, let's not even deal with these businesses because they're going to find out, you know. And we live in a world of information. You know, I put information up within seconds about those businesses. There are more on there. And I'm going to try to get a list for y'all, and we're going to keep going back to this issue, you know. But um, I thank everyone for tuning in to the show. I know a lot of people are listening. I know people get quiet because they they don't want to actually, you know, jump in or chime in. I see a few of my friends pop up on there talking to me about this show. But you can get this show not only just on – blogtalkradio.com forward slash mb underscore true you can also get it on itunes you can also download it onto your uh your android i mean i've been doing this show for a while i think that this is my 156 show right here so i'm gonna keep pushing them out i think everyone enjoys the show we're gonna talk more stuff next week i think i got a funny funny topic i gotta talk to miss j about it lady j about that one i don't know if we're gonna do that one yet but we'll talk about it so it's gonna be very interesting this is dealing with dating too this one for next week but i thank everyone for tuning in and if you have any questions or any comments you can contact me at mb underscore truth at yahoo.com also people are listening go to facebook Go to Nothing But The Truth. You'll see us. You know the icon that's from the show, the two people holding each other in a purple background. Go ahead, like the page, share the page. Also, you can send me messages through that page as well, too. I will respond. I have people on there that look at the page as well, too. Now, I don't want you all to get it twisted. But I need more folks to start liking the page and telling more about the page because that's what's going to make people want to come to it because I'm going to start filling it up with more information. That's how I work. I don't want to leave you all out in the dust and stuff. So I thank you for all that you've done. I appreciate everyone. And i see you next week. Stay tuned.